0: Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, February 25th virtual show. Uh, Because of COVID, we are still temporarily virtually. You can also listen to our show on podcast, and you can catch us on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey
1: bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And our lineup for today's show, we're going to be having a panel conversation with our two guests. We have Jennifer Nelson, of Metro Jennifer Jen Real Estate, and we have Kyle Kroskoff of Kyle Kroskoff Artworks. We will also be having a conversation with Jennifer on the market is bonkers. (laughs) Definitely is. Followed by our conversation with Kyle on generating income as an artist and the preface of other hats every independent artist has to wear great information, great guest in studio today. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And let's start out today's show as we do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. What do you got for us today, Keelan?
2: Well, um, I thought I'd switch it up today. We went really, or I've been going, I should say, really hard on data, and um, I wanted to do just something fun. So today I decided to do some super interesting humanity-changing positivity, things that are happening behind the scenes that could change humanity forever, and, um, you know, so much going on with the news, uh, you don't really hear about this. This one you will, though. So one in 10 Americans right now have have received the first COVID vaccine. So at 900,000 per day who are getting the first shot, it's currently going to take a year for everyone to receive it so january 2020 but it's speeding up and guess what people there's an end in sight so that's positive uh covid drove record drop in global carbon emissions in 2020 so it's dropped by seven percent the largest decline in recorded history more renewable energy was used in 2020 than fossil fuel for the first time in history That's huge. Back from 1990, it came in at a little less than half, at 42.3% less than we're using in 1990. But we all remember what kind of cars we had in 1990, those big old gas guzzlers. And moving on to even more hardcore stuff, Elon Musk, SpaceX, flew a crew to the International Space Station. So this is the first time that astronauts have left the United States to space since 2011, and the first uh, private company to ever fly Uh, people into orbit Um, and now three private citizens will be flown into space station next January at a measly little price tag of 55 million each so if you want to go to space as just a normal human being you can do that now not a not an astronaut um, another one that blew my mind recently, Elon Musk Neuralink was demonstrated on pigs recently. Now, if you haven't heard about Neuralink, this is the craziest thing, Star Trek thing I've ever heard in my life. This blows my mind. So it's, a, it's a, again, an Elon Musk thing, and it's an implant about the size of a large coin that's implanted in your skull. And it's flush with your skull, and then your hair will grow over it, and so you won't be able to see it's there. And then they put these electrodes into your brain and the implant is capable, this is crazy, of uploading data and downloading data into your brain. He kind of describes it as like, a cell phone and the problem with humans is our bandwidth and it's not quick enough so he's talking about having this thing directly into your brain the main reason for this is to solve important brain issues and spine problems such as like neurological issues because your brain is firing electrons or electrodes it's just it's literally just electricity that's being shot into your brain and uh and there's data that's being generated there so for example if you are paralyzed when you sever your spine, you're literally just severing wires from one part of your body to the next. So they will be able to eventually implant a second, um, put a second implant down by your lower spine and that would bypass your broken nerves. So he's literally talking about having people that are paralyzed, being able to walk again, or people that, um, you can't use your limbs. Now you can bypass your brain function and be able to, to use those limbs. And, uh, he it's, another thing that I can't even I can't even fathom he's talking about um, increasing your bandwidth as a human. so literally your memory we only have so much memory our brain our decide to, to kind of keep what we need and, and what we don't need. long story short, the guy is talking about you'll be able to store memory, store pictures and then download them to another another uh, device he, he talked about a future body or a robot. so if that's not sci-fi, I don't know what is. And it's going on human soon. So he's talking about having this be the price of LASIK, like a few thousand dollars that you could become like an AI superhuman, which is unbelievable. Uh, Canadian science believe they've cured diabetes in mice. They've literally cured every uh, diabetes in mice. There's a process involving stem cells applications that reverse engineer's insulin islets out of the blood cells which cure the disease in mice 42 million people worldwide suffer from diabetes my dad's a type 2 diabetic and um, it can be pretty debilitating I mean you can lose the loss of uh, you lose um your your use of limbs and all kinds of stuff and it's it, it kills people so this is huge so they're using patients own stem cells and so they can't be rejected now which is brand new and the lack of funding though has led to a slowdown so they started this 22 by 22 and this is a uh, university of alberta canada by the way that's done this landmark discovery the goal is rate 22 million by 2022 to speed up the process for the application in humans so if you're bored or you want to help go to heading 22022 two two two, so heading to to 2022.com if you'd like to support their cause uh another thing that blew my mind is research at the uh cardiff university and i actually played against their soccer team believe it or not have discovered a um a new T cell that is a one size fits all cancer therapy so this thing actually can go into your body kill cancer cells and not harm irregular cells so I, I wanted today just to kind of bring some other fun stuff that blows my mind and I nerd out on this just like I do on data on mortgages that could change our lives for the future and inject a little positivity today.
1: Well, that was awesome, Keelan. And what's some fun things. $55 million. I only need to make $55 million and I can go to the moon. You know, I always wonder, because uh, <laughs> I am getting a little bit older, what am I going to miss out on? But it's all good.
3: <laughs>
1: all right. And now for my money chat, it is time to talk about mortgage interest rates and the concern of inflation. Now, you will not want to tune out early on today's money chat. As with any negative news, there is also positive news so stay tuned for the entire money chat. Mortgage rates are tied directly to the Fannie Mae 30-year bond and when the mortgage bond bonds drop in trading price mortgage rates increase. Now we saw the first drop in the bond market was on January 5th dropping quickly until January 11th. We did see most of that drop come back from the 12th until the 27th. However, since January 27th, the bond market has dropped in trading price. Every day. And we've seen midday price changes for the worse a few times throughout that period. Now, the good news, there's actually two good newses here. But first good news is we're still in historical lower interest rates. So it's all a perception. Today's average interest rate is 3.18% for a 30-year fixed rate. I am not quoting interest rates as they're determined on many qualifying factors such as credit score, loan amount, property type, occupancy type, and other factors. Also, it depends on what you decide to pay in discount points or not discount points. So, you want to just definitely reach out to us to get an accurate, accurate interest rate quote. You may ask where are interest rates headed. My answer is no one knows for sure. However, here is my concern and my theory. This is by no mean factual as I'm not a credential, credential economic expert. It is my theory, but I think it does make a lot of sense. Uh, so we have three uh, houses of government that all have a very low fear level of spending money and the inflation risk around that we don't have the divided government all three branches are under the same control in the same party when inflation is expected to increase interest rates will increase as does the discount rate used to calculate the bonds price increases as well that makes the bond price drop and then in the opposite occur when inflation expectations fall now as a buyer you may be asking why now a month later Do I approve less than I did last month? Well, if rates went up by 1%, let's say just over that 3%, and it hasn't gone up quite that, I just want to use easy numbers here. Today's average interest rate, this is still, again, a very low considering the historical interest rates. However, in a $500,000 loan, this lowers your buying power by $55,000. So simple math, every 1% increase in rate, you've lost buying power of $55,000 or if they went down, same factor. Now, this obviously depends a little bit on the down payment that you're coming in with, but $55,000 in buying potential, this is a significant difference in property and or location. Now, inflation definition, it's simple. Inflation is the increased cost for goods and services. What you co- might cost you $100 yesterday could cost you $105 today. The value of the dollar is worth less, so it takes more dollars to purchase those same goods and services. Who gets hurt for from higher inflations, Lenders get hurt from inflation because the money that they lend yesterday is worth less today. Those attempting to get into the housing market during higher inflation times are impacted in the same form because their income savings and the available down payment aren't able to keep up with increasing in home prices which we're going to talk about. People with fixed incomes are hurt relatively even worse. Now, who benefits from higher inflation? Borrower's and specifically home owners benefit from inflation because the money that they paid back for their fixed rate mortgage is worth less today than was yesterday, but it's fixed. The higher the inflation rate, the sooner your home value doubles for those of you who understand the rule of 72. So you may ask, what about home prices? Do home prices raise with inflation? Yes, they do as the value of the dollar is worth less due to higher inflation, it will take more dollars to purchase that same property. Real estate has traditionally worked well in inflation for hedging. So do homeowners see inflation good for home prices? As a hedge against inflation, as you or your home increases in value, it was off, it will offset some of the inflation. This is much better position to be in than someone trying to get into the market. For those of you that own investment properties, rentals and rents are increasing. Um, uh, you know, So a call to action, if you are a renter, you will want to take action right now today. Buy if you're in a position to buy with the interest rates still at historical low. Also, as I shared with the risk of inflation, it will t- take more dollars to purchase that same home. To the st- And to sum it up, if you are a renter, higher cost of living, no, your dollar is worth less your landlord's most likely going to increase your rent and also if you are thinking of buying a rental or a second home now is the time to take action that is your money chat coming up next in the money Hour panel conversation with jennifer nelson metro general estate and kyle kroskoff of kyle kroskoff art works right here on at 11:50 a.m kknw
0: Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co host, Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: You are listening to the Money Hour at 1150 a.m. KKNW, the February 25th virtual show. Because of COVID, our show is still virtually. You can listen to us on podcast. You can also catch us on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It is a great day to talk about money and that's what the show is all about how to make money save money so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family if you are listening to our show at a different time or day you are listening to a rebroadcast we are here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show please call the show at 1-855-411-50 again that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now for our panel conversation with Jennifer Nelson of MetroGen Real Estate and Kyle Kroskoff of Kyle Crosskoff Artworks. Right here on 11:50 AM, KKNW. Welcome, Kyle and Jennifer. Great to have the two of you here. So I'm going to go ahead and start out with uh, reading a little bit uh, about both of you. Uh, Jennifer, this gig started for Jennifer in 2003. She can't believe it's been almost 18 years in the business already. Jennifer comes from a background in education, with experience working in the university setting, and has also been dean of students at the local prep school. Jennifer has her master's degree in counseling and has found that has been a game changer for her in assisting with her clients, through what can be a really stressful time of buying and or selling. Jennifer brings levity to the table, all allowing this to be a fun experience because she brings both competence and character, allowing her clients to relax as they guide the process. Jennifer is well-established broker who only works with referrals from her clients. You will find her to be easy to talk with and easy to trust. And then a little bit about our second guest in studio, Kyle Kroskoff. Lighting welding multidiscipline artist Kyle creates with resilient, giving to grandiose and effort-intensive idea. Kyle most recently completed a drawing challenge in which he created a unique mixed media work each day for the year being of the mind to better yourself and make ways for breakthrough, sheer volume of work is required. He also recently helped to build the new Museum of Museums and co-founded the artist Atlantis Artist Collective, both in Seattle, Washington. Unsure of what he's ultimately seeking, he throws his energies and jack of all trades skills into every venture he dreams worthy. Off collaborator with the National Alliance of Mental Illness, he seeks to help others with an eye towards those in need, an ear for everyone who might need one, and hands always busy.
2: Well, how cool is that? I'm so excited to have you both. I'm going to start with you, Jennifer. Um, Let's talk about how did you transition or what brought you to your line of work currently?
3: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, first of all, on the show. It's great to be here. Uh, You know what, I was in education and I was the dean of students at a prep school. And there's really the next job up from that is to be a principal at a high school. And I want to let you know to all the principals out there, thank you for the work that you do, but it was not for me. Um, You stopped engaging with students and you started dealing with parents and boards and all kinds of not very fun things for me. And in the midst of that, I also bought my first house and I realized that, wait a minute, I could use my educational background, my counseling background, and still do sales that I like to do uh, to negotiate and all that. That kind of gives me jazz. It's my jam. And combine those two and and start real estate. So I did. I kind of jumped off the cliff and said, here we go. Hope I can fly. And 2003 took the plunge and here we are. How cool is that?
2: That's the only way to do it is jump Years off later. the cliff. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so, and, and by the way,
2: I went to, I don't know if this pertains to you at all, I went to St. Philomena and Des Moines and then Kennedy High School in Berrien. So, um, yeah. I don't know if they're like prep schools, but they're private schools and it's a small yeah. world.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, Kyle. So let's ask you the same question. I mean, and how cool of you to pursue art? Because believe it or not, my mom was a graphic illustrator. I love art and I draw just not nearly as much as I should. And you're just getting after this. So good on you for that. What what inspired you or brought you into your like line of work?
4: Um, I don't think I really had a choice. <laughs> I'm pretty driven from like age four, just always drawing, um, very active, imagination. And I grew up in a really small town with nothing to do. So I just drew and painted and built things and dreamed. And um, I actually just realized this, that uh, a big influence on me going after that sort of big goal that a lot of people don't pursue is that I'm from the amateur circus capital of the world, Peru, Indiana. And my (laughs) grandpa helped found that. So... What? Oh, I didn't connect awesome. those dots until uh, they were having a fundraiser two weeks ago that I helped out with um, because of COVID but I was like oh yeah it makes sense that I went on to be an artist when I was just, I just watching people that. fly through the air when I was four years old
1: You know, I actually, I love connecting the dots. I do a personal growth retreat, uh, my Live Your Dream Now, and I go through a lot of exercises and one of them is connecting the dots because it's really powerful when you can go back and you can look at your, uh, your key moments in your life and be able to connect to where it is today, good or bad, Absolutely. learn from that. That's awesome. Uh, Jennifer, so what is happening right now uh, in your industry? I know we're going to talk a lot about the real estate and how it's bunkers in your words. Uh, what else is going on in the industry?
3: Yeah, sort of what you talked about earlier, just that I cannot believe what an opportunity it is for people to get in the market, even though it is hard uh, in terms of just the amount of demand. I can't emphasize enough. In fact, I'm reaching out to investors to say, what else are you going to buy right now with the interest rates being the way they are? So there's just tons of opportunity in this market, even though there is high demand and low supply. So I would say, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that later.
1: Yeah, very excited. And you know, if you were to have asked, what's the best market to buy in? Is is price or cost more important? Price is always more important. Price being, or cost is always more important. Cost being the cost to borrow, price being the price of the properties. But again, you know, a shared a money chat with inflation, chance of the real estate prices are going to go up because they fare well when there's. Uh, risk of inflation. So it's going to be interesting uh, Interesting to see how everything uh, uh, comes out. Kyle, what about you? What's happening in your, uh, your line of work, in your industry?
4: What's ever happening in the art world? Does anybody know the answer to that? <laughs> um, there was something really interesting about quarantine that uh, I experienced and several other artists I know experienced the same thing, um, that everybody was at home staring at their blank walls So uh, lots of commissions, which was a strange time to, um, I don't want to say thrive, but to have enough to do to keep your mind busy um, and your hands busy during a strange, strange time for everybody.
1: Well, and I bet there was a lot of inspiration because I, you know, not speaking from an artist because I'm not. I am an artist in other things, but definitely not drawing. I have an artist personality, but not drawing or painting for sure. Uh, is it? It's the creativity that comes from challenging times, and so I imagine that a lot of intro, uh, artists, uh, including yourself, have have been able to thrive in that creativity and just opening up that space. Uh, you know, so beautiful thing. What challenges can bring to people that haven't. An, an artistic uh, gift to them.
4: I agree with that. Yeah.
2: Jennifer, so, uh, and this is very unique to every individual we ask this to, so I'm always excited to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. What do you love absolutely most about what you do?
3: Oh, my gosh. If I have to pick one thing, that's really hard. Uh, I will say the negotiation is something that completely jazzes me. I love it so much, the psychology around how people get to where they get, why sellers do things, why buyers do things, and sort of being that middle person to help everyone get a win. Uh, It's fun. It's invigorating. Sometimes it's stressful. uh, But at the end of the day, it it really makes me happy to be able to do that.
2: That's awesome. I, it's, it's interesting you said that. That's pretty unique because really that's the meat and potatoes of what you guys do. I don't know if anything more valuable than when it gets down to that negotiation table and having that psychology and that experience to be able to negotiate to win for your clients, that is a huge thing. So And have you a level that. head
1: in that process because a lot of agents, it's a really stressful process. They can't keep that level head. And then that strategic and that strategy uh, gets lost in that.
2: For sure. What about you, Kyle? What's your uh, favorite part about what you
4: do? I think my favorite part about being an artist or pursuing art is that uh, it's endless possibility. Anything can be anything. You can take a stick and turn it into a priceless piece of work if you have the right idea and the drive to do so. Um, So just endless, endless possibilities.
1: I love possibilities. I always say it, I, I come from a place of curiosity. I'm always just curious. I wonder what, and I wonder if. And so that's kind of like if you've got the uh, the gift to then turn that curiosity into what you're thinking is possible. Uh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing. Uh, Jennifer, what are you doing right now uh, in serving your clients that might be a little bit unique in the industry and navigating through this bonkers real estate?
3: You know, uh, people that are interested in selling right now obviously have the upper hand because it's a seller's market. Uh, So I will say I come with a team of people because I've been around the block many times. I have contractors and plumbers and roofers and all kinds of landscapers. And so I come to the table saying, hey, here's what we need to do to get your home ready for market. Here's my whole team. And they are at kind of at my back and call to get this stuff done. So if somebody calls me and says, we want to list in three weeks, I can make that happen. And realistically, right now in the industry, trying to get a contractor to even show up is hard. So it's a benefit for my clients.
1: Yeah, and it's a huge benefit, and that is, you know, so true. When um, uh, when you do uh, a great level of business, you have a great reputation in the industry. They're going to pull favors for you, and that team is critically important. And they're people that you vetted. Uh, you're sending business to them, so they're wanting to give you that level, you know, that high level of service. Um, so yeah, really important. Uh, Kyle, what about you?
4: um that sets me apart from my competitors um I like to think that no matter what you're dreaming of I can help build that or I can find the person to uh, facilitate building that I've made a lot of really good connections in Seattle and kind of nationwide um that you know if I don't know how to arc weld this sculpture for your front yard I know the person that does
1: Yeah, wow! I am every year I come up with a word, I come up with an image around the word, and then I write a statement around it. And then every morning when I get up, I write a new sentence that has my word in it. And I started this in 2015. And my word was dream and everything about everything I do is around dream. But I mention that because I have my my charm bracelet. And every year I have my jeweler. she she specialty makes my image. And it's really interesting because, you know, I Her, what I want, but then she puts the creativity around it. You know, even for last year, my word was opportunity, which was funny because who would have known that we were heading into a financial or into a pandemic and all the stuff that's happening in the world? And my image was a fish and a goldfish. Uh, and she put um, uh, she put big lips on her and nice big eyelashes and made her kind of look like well I don't have big lips but she she uh, she said yeah I wanted to, I wanted to make it like I saw you so anyways art is a beautiful thing and again having that gift and being able to help people uh, bring into reality. What they're what they're wanting, and they just don't know how to make it happen. So, well, great panel conversation with both of you. Uh coming up next on the money hour, the market is bonkers. Those are the words directly coming from our guest, Jennifer Nelson of Metro Gen Real Estate, right here on eleven fifty AM KKNW.
0: The Money Hour, with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, every Saturday from 3 to 4 p.m., right here on KKNW, AM 1150. Join the show to experience expert advice and knowledge on today's events in our local economy that can affect your money. That's every Saturday from 3 to 4 p.m., with a repeat show on Sundays at 8 a.m. For more information about The Money Hour radio show and their guests, visit themoneyhour.com. That's themoneyhour.com talk radio that will get you thinking alternative talk 1150 you're listening to the money hour with your host tina mitchell and co-host keelan harvey on alternative talk am 1150 now back to the show with local mortgage experts tina mitchell and keelan harvey
1: You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, February 25th virtual show. Yes, we are still virtual. Eventually, we'll head back into uh, Hubbard Radio for our show. You can also listen to our show on podcast. You can catch us on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
1: We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. You can also call the show at 1-855-400-1150. That's 1-855-400-1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now in studio, Jennifer Nelson of Metro Gen Real Estate. The market is bonkers right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
2: So Jennifer, let's just dive right into this cuz we're seeing this it is bonkers. Things are crazy right now. Love what is word. Yeah, yeah, I'm not complaining at all. It's been it's been fantastic but challenging especially for buyers. What's making the market so fast right now?
3: You know, I think there's something called we like to call the 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 pandemic pent-up pent-up pandemic syndrome where a lot of folks that were in the market before last March hit sort of took just a just a break. From the market and decided to wait and see what happens and now that we've got vaccines rolling and people are getting more comfortable they're like hey we really did want to buy last year let's get back in in addition to that we always have a strong spring spring market right you all know this as lenders like this is where we shine and so in addition to the spring market and the pandemic pent-up stuff um, there's just a huge amount of demand and there aren't enough listings <laughs>
1: Yeah, when are we? When is that inventory coming back? <laughs> so let's talk about what the effect of the pandemic has had on the market, Jennifer.
3: Yeah, so I think similarly, there there were some concerns that oh no, because this is a health crisis, this is going to become another housing crisis. And in fact, that hasn't been true at all. This was just a health crisis. The housing uh, continues to be continually strong here in Seattle, and because we have so many hubs. Of business that are continuing to hire and going strong Uh, I don't think we're ever going to have an issue with housing literally in Seattle ever so um, the pandemic has not had a huge impact on our market in in my opinion and in my business what I'm seeing out there for numbers and appreciation and everything it seems to be running strong in Seattle.
1: Yeah, and it was crazy, you know, as soon as the shutdown and and you're thinking, well, who's going to go out and buy houses? Well, people were going out and buying houses. It was crazy. And a lot of that was due to the fact that the feds came in and started purchasing mortgage-backed securities, artificially keeping the rates low, you know, so to, to stimulate that. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, bonkers for sure
2: yeah jennifer i've seen i mean especially lately 26 offers 32 offers hundreds of thousands of dollars over ask i mean all contingencies waived things are getting pretty nuts out there paying a hundred thousand
1: over paying a hundred thousand over what the appraised value comes back at
2: yeah yeah seen that too it's insanity right now um how do you compete in such a seller's market as a buyer right now
1: Yeah,
3: so honestly, this is what happens when buyers come to me. We have a consultation and they say, we're scared. And I say, I understand. Uh, So let's talk strategy about how to do this. And really, if you're looking for, let's say you're approved up to 750, Uh, You cannot start looking for houses that start at 750. We have to back that train up and we have to start looking at homes that are in the 600 to 650 range in order for you to be competitive. Then really talking ahead of time about what contingencies uh, you're going to waive and what that means as a buyer. I honestly am scared a little bit about some of these buyers that are just throwing caution to the wind and going for it. There is a point where you need to stop. This isn't eBay for real estate, right? We don't want our economy to go back into that position or you as a Buyer to end up two years from now in a really difficult spot because you did in fact overpay. So I, I play a big part in helping bring some reality and some wisdom to that process. Uh, so strategy, starting off lower, and then I think understanding what contingencies you're waiving can help you be successful. There are also some tips and tricks that I have for multiple offers and how to stand out in that. Most of it is just making a good relationship with the listing agent being competent and having some character and saying, hey, here's my buyer, here's what they bring, and I'd love to work with you. Honestly, as a listing agent, you get to choose usually from seven or eight offers. So part of your choice is saying, which of these agents do I want to work with too?
1: And that is so true, Jennifer, because it's it's critically important on the listing side that they have a strong buyer's agent on the other side, because otherwise, all kinds of nightmares can come up. And so, it's a a key part because you're really partnering together to make sure everything runs smoothly. And I think, in one, you know, um, thing that you said, a little bit different here is, you know, than the financial meltdown is people do have to qualify for it. So, you know, it's I always say, I mean, it's it's a really difficult difficult market. The and what your home is worth is really comes into play if you're looking at selling and not investing in a, another property, right? Because even if you do sell and your property is uh, declined in value a little bit, you're if the market is adjusted, then you're you're going to get that other property a lower price. But I think what's different now is you know people actually have to qualify for whatever that is. And I like how you're educating them on you know really we just need to take that price down because seven hundred thousand list price is not seven hundred thousand sell price. And you know the agents are just you know you guys are really smart let's just list a little bit lower than market and let's create a buying frenzy. And you know, that's exactly what happens. So um, yeah, definitely uh, interesting and, and critically important uh, that you work with an agent like Jennifer that has the expertise, the knowledge, the communication skills um, with you and with all parties in the process to help it be successful, successful, meaning getting your offer accepted. So Jennifer, we've talked about challenges on the buyer side. Now there's challenges on the, the seller side as, as well, you know, a big challenge for a seller, if they do want to sell their, their property, they've got to go out on the buy side and the buy side is challenging. So what tips do you have for uh, people that want to sell in this market and maximize and take advantage of what a great deal they can sell their home for?
3: Yeah, and I want to just uh, go back for just a second, because honestly, the buyers, you have to have a good lender and a good relationship with a lender to, to be successful. So um, I love that people come to me and say, my bank approved me. And I would say, that's fantastic. Your bank is amazing at banking. They are not a mortgage lender. And they stop working at five PM and most real estate happens after five PM and on the weekends. So we need someone who actually does this full time and knows the ins and outs of this market. So and honestly, lenders most of the time, I'm sure you all can agree, can beat the, the rate of a bank all day long. So don't get uh don't get too excited about your bank approving you. Find find uh find these folks. How about these folks right thanks
1: here? For, thanks for the shout out.
3: Yeah, you bet. Uh, for sellers who say to me, God, we, we love it. We can't wait to sell. We know we're gonna do really well. But then what is the question? Uh-oh, now we're a buyer, right? And I'll and I'll say this, you you have to recognize that as a seller, you're gonna make more money than you thought you should. And you need to then say, that's amazing. And now I'm going to probably spend more money than I think I should. But it kind of all comes out in the wash, right? So if you want to move, it's it's not going to be this, oh my gosh, I get to sell for high and buy for low, right? That's everyone's dream. Um, if you have the flexibility to sell now and wait, Maybe, but again, I don't think the Seattle market's going to be going down anytime soon. So it's strategy around that too. Hey, we're going to make you the most money and net you the most money we can on your home. And then we're going to go be strategic about getting you a house that you want next.
1: Yeah, never buyers buyer's market at the same time. There's always got to be a balance there, right? Or not. Yeah,
3: or not.
2: Or not. I want to ask you the same question for uh, tips you'd give to buyers right now. Obviously, we work with a lot of buyers, and um, any tips that they could use would definitely be helpful in this market.
3: Yeah. Like I said, for sure, find a, a really good agent that knows what they're doing in a multiple offer environment. I think you have to interview people. Like it's lovely that people refer you their friends and that are in the biz, but I would have a list of questions and be able to ask those of those people. I can't go into them all, but if you reach out to me, I'm happy to give you my questions for you to interview a buyer's agent. Honestly, reach out, I'll give them to you. But one of them is just to say, Hey agent, uh, how do you represent me in this market? how do you make my offer stand out, right? What things do I need to know ahead of time in, with my lender to make us successful? So those sort of strategic questions, instead of like, hey, I'd love to have a beer with you, which by the way, is also important. Uh, that that connection is important, but also are you competent to get me to be able to buy a house? So yeah, reach out if you want the rest of the list of those questions.
1: I uh, shared my theory in Money Chat as far as what I think is going to happen with the real estate market. Again, you know, nobody can uh, predict and say by any 100% guarantee, but what is your thought around the real estate market and what we're going to see in uh, the near future, the next year, five years?
3: Yeah, you know, people always ask that and sort of like you, Tina and Keelan, I think we all kind of laugh about the crystal ball a little bit, like nobody has one, right? But I will say this, that we, what we know is that um, a 35-year history tells us that appreciation across the nation is 5% a year. We know that Seattle is seeing double digits and has for a long time. So if there's somebody sitting on the fence saying, I'm going to wait for this market to go down to buy, I would say, get off the fence Um, it's not going to go down. And in fact, you're missing out on double digit appreciation while you wait to save money on a purchase, right? So um, I would say Seattle is poised to continue to go up. I honestly hope it doesn't continue at this rate because it feels a little bit like we're San francisco it and we don't want to be in that position. So getting back down into the 8 7 or 8% appreciation a year and buyers not having to compete against 10 people would be lovely. It's good for everybody. So with that said, I would say if you're on the fence, uh, get out there and get, in that market and take advantage of the appreciation that's happening.
1: Yeah. So true. And, and the thing with that, Jennifer too, that, you know, I always uh, think about the, the major, I mean, obviously we talked about interest rates, that's a huge factor, Uh, but then just the lack of inventory. So the, the, concern is, is what happens when interest rates do go up and people have all refinanced at, you know, not quitting rates, but let's say a two and a half percent interest rate. They pulled equity out, they remodeled their home. And, you know, so it's just, it's going to be interesting on the dynamics with the lack of inventory that we have had for so long and even increasing to the highest level in the middle of a pandemic.
3: For sure. And I would say there's lots of people that come to me and say, hey, should we remodel and just stay put? And I would say, okay, sure, except for here's what you're missing out on is an incredible seller's market. In addition, trying to get a contractor to even, like I said before, show up. And by the way, their costs are exponentially higher than they used to be. Contractors are charging upwards of 30% higher than they did even a year ago for the same project. So your $200,000 remodel just costs you a whole lot more money. And you might as well make money on selling if you're interested in, in doing that and find a house that meets your needs instead of um, instead of remodeling. So.
2: Jennifer and spot on with the with the contractors cuz the cost of goods even for these people are um absolutely insane as well um we're om- um sorry my my screen just freaked out on me here with my questions we have 1 minute i'm sorry we're almost out of time but before we go uh, i want to just leave you with how do you uh, differentiate yourself in this sea of brokers out there I know a lot of people when the market's hot and everything seems like easy pickings all of a sudden you get these people coming out of the woodworks and thinking they could be the next the next big thing and I mean you've been in this game for a long time and those that are the best are the ones that have been there in the ups and the downs and have stuck it out so uh what differentiates you uh from the next broker
3: Yeah, thank you so much for that question. You know, if we made it through 2006 and 2007, which I think all of us uh, here that have been in the real estate did, there's something just right there. I feel like we need a gold medal, right? somewhere walking around saying we we survived. But in addition to that, I'm still hungry to make sure that my clients have the best experience. Like I said, I work by referral only. So I don't, uh, you buying a house for more than you should or you being unsatisfied doesn't ever serve me. So it's sort of in your best interest to know that I care about your experience the whole way through. I want lifelong clients. Um, I show up with a team, like I talked about before. Uh, We have a lot of fun. I make sure we laugh a lot because, oh my gosh, this is a stressful time to buy or sell. And there's lots of funny things that happen in both processes. And then I connect you with good lenders so that we can be successful. Um, and I, and I would say at the end of this too, that I only, I, because I work by referral, I get the chance to only work with people that I think we're a good fit with. So as you're interviewing me, I'm interviewing you to find out if I can be of help to you. It isn't just a shoe in. I don't take anyone who just comes off the street. No offense to those on the street. Um, but honestly, it's just a, let's make sure this is a good fit because it's a really intimate process. So
1: thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Well said, Jennifer. Thank you so much for, uh, for being here coming up next in the many hour generating income as an artist and the prethla of other hats. Every independent artist has to wear Kyle Kroskoff of Kyle Kroskoff artworks right here at 1150 AM KKNW.
0: You've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. You have to carefully monitor your health for the rest of your life. And you have an increased risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Cut. Take two. Action. You've been diagnosed with a new purpose. To fight for the amazing life you've made for yourself. To look that risk of heart disease square in the face and say, no, not me. You've been given a new opportunity to live. Get started at nodiabetesbyheart.org walking your talk take us with you the kknw app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet you're listening to the money hour with your host tina mitchell and co-host keelan harvey on alternative talk am 1150 now back to the show with local mortgage experts tina mitchell and keelan harvey
1: You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, February 25th virtual show. Because of COVID, we are still virtually. You can catch us on podcasts and on air on 1150 AM KKNW, Saturday at 3 PM with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 AM. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
1: We bring in studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything that has to do with your money. We are here to help you in today's economy. And now in studio, we have Kyle, Krascoff of Kyle Krascoff Art Works, generating income as an artist and the plethora of other hats every independent artist has to wear right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
2: Kyle, so you mentioned in your uh, in your headline there, the plethora of other hats that you have to wear. And I imagine no matter how good your art is, it's not going to sell itself, I would imagine. So I'm, I'm glad sure you, you can gotta... say
1: that word, Keelan. I was having a challenge over here.
2: <laughs> no, it's all good. It is a difficult one, but uh, I would imagine there's a lot to it from marketing to getting your work out there, from getting involved. How uh, How many roles do you need to take on, do you think,
4: when you're an artist? All of them. Um, I'm glad you asked that question I didn't actually know what to write in that headline I was just like this could be beneficial but anyway you're right you're right on you have to be an advertiser you have to be a photographer you have to be a marketer you have to be it helps to be good at art you have to be able to engage with people talk to people not be afraid at functions Um, and all this also though is completely up to each individual artist to decide how much they want to do you have to be a web designer Forgot that one um all of that is up to how much how much you want it i guess what you want your audience to be if how successful whatever your definition of that is um whatever you want it and that kind of goes back to what i was saying it's just like the best part about being an artist is anything can be anything and you can take it to as far as it'll go, or you can just do some watercolors after work and drink some tea. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, that is, that's, that's um, beautiful because as an artist, again, just having, I would imagine that natural ability for visualization and dreaming and, you know, uh, but then You do, you have to take it out on the street and decide how much effort you're going to put into it. And are you good with building and connecting with people? Because no matter what industry we're in, whether it's selling real estate, uh, it's selling mortgages, or it's selling art, you have to be able to go out there and connect with people because they are as much buying for your product and your service as they are for you as an individual and supporting uh, your art. So let's uh, talk a little bit, Kyle, about what are the different ways and revenue streams that uh, that artists can do to generate income? Because you hear, I mean, the old term, starving artists, that comes from somewhere, right? So true. <laughs>
4: um, well, there are, I'm a little bit of a, non-traditionalist when it comes to this point, but um, some of the more traditional ways to generate some income are, you know, making prints, which also involves being a good photographer, which is surprisingly difficult to photograph your own work because the colors never turn out right or, you know, all these things. Um, You can do, it's just, it's it's getting your work printed on as many things as you think, like pillows, socks, t-shirts, all of this stuff. Um, but my approach is a little bit different in that I'm a total workaholic and love making um, unique things for everybody so I just do um, I just create sheer volumes like I'll do a project where I make 365 different wooden animals over the course of a year and then I'll just sell those individually and uh, that seems to be my My process up until now is just, I love to make stuff and at any price range, I can figure something out for the individual.
1: Well, I am going to level up my word of the year where I come up with an image and then write a statement, not just having it on my wrist as a charm, but I'm going to have to get with you and talk about that wooden art and have a wooden piece yeah that is awesome well at least starting from 2015 to this year and then it would be one a year but um I love
4: the the bracelet idea that you have going on there it's so intentional and I I really think when you 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 put forth that intent before you start something if you just have that level of intention it really helps you follow through I actually do the same thing I have a necklace um but I make my own charms I have a little Uh lightning bolt made out of brass on mine right now.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it helps you every time I I mean I I hold it all the time and it's it's totally. just funny with the with the image I always happen to grab that year when I go first go to my bracelet so you know that there's some uh, there's some universe action that's coming in when you have an intention to really uh stay grounded to something that's important to you. So, yeah. Absolutely. We need to get together and chat. Sure. <laughs>
2: Kyle, I uh, I have all the respect in the world for you. I mean, art for a lot of people, they shy away because it's like to a lot of people, it's like becoming a professional athlete, right? You might be passionate about it, but to cross over that bridge and to make an income and follow it all the way through, I mean, it'll happen eventually, but the easy, it's never about the easy road. Tina talks about that a lot. It's about the hard road, sticking to it and really staying true to your passion and turning that into an income is extremely commendable. Why? My, uh, what would you say to, as far as advice to other uh, budding artists who may be listening to our show right now?
4: First of all, that was super flattering comparing <laughs> me to a professional athlete. Um, thank you. Uh, the advice that I would give to you know any artist, um, anybody trying to, it, it's not there's there's no mystery really around it. It is just repetitive work. It is picking yourself up after you have a bad show or you've made a bad piece, which there will be many, many, many of, but that process is just eliminating things that you don't want in your work or you don't in the same token part of your life um, with experiences and that sort of thing. So my advice to them would be do work, even if it's just 30 seconds, Or three hours, it's all, it it snowballs and it will make you better um, just by doing it. And then the other thing is um, following through on your commitments. This will set you apart from many, many other artists. And I don't want to stereotype on that. But in my experience, I'm the one that shows up. And it's because I said I was going to do it, so I did
1: it. Yeah. And uh, so you said many, many bad pieces. I would imagine that the artist, you're a little bit harder on yourself than your client might be, right? I mean, some of them that you say is a bad piece, your clients—it's probably not a bad piece. I would imagine that—is it—is it not true that artists? Um, I just seem see that it, you might be a little bit harder on yourself. Is that would that be an accurate statement or not so much?
4: Everybody is for sure their own worst critic, but uh, I'm a, a pretty self-disciplined, critical thinking individual in the first place. So uh, back to what you said about client not thinking it's so bad. Hopefully it never gets into their hands.
1: Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs>
4: to think that um but uh I would say I would definitely agree with that. There's there's yeah. little pieces that um uh actually in that little uh intro about me, the uh project that I did where I did a drawing every day. I once I got those done framed up the Year after that, I was really surprised at the ones that people did want to buy because a lot of them were my quote-unquote off days. And I'm just like, wow. there's splattered paint, uh, but I'm still sit- sitting on a few dozen that are like, why are these still around? They're
1: really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's. uh, What about stumbling block for you personally, uh, as an artist? What's a stumbling block that you have?
4: Sure, I would say. Um, if the one, um, key thing that I possess, uh, is a great resiliency. Um, just, I have, I like to say that if I stopped having ideas right now, I wouldn't be able to finish the ones I've already had over the course of the rest of my life. So putting all those nets out into the world, casting all those lines and, uh, having so many of them not work out is, is, uh, kind of a test of your resolve. Like how much do you want to do this? Um, Like I mentioned, like bad reviews or bad shows, you have to pick yourself up and believe in yourself and know it's just like life. It's like pursuing anything in life. You've got to believe in, in what you're doing. You've got to believe in why you're doing it and you got to hold on to your convictions and just persevere.
1: Well, advice. You need to be a motivational speaker, Kyle. I've
4: heard that one. (laughs) well and and what
2: an interesting thing art is it's in the the eye of the beholder so you're capturing something that's intangible i can't see there's these famous works of art that i've seen i'm like including this one where it's like "Mm, yeah i'm not it's kind of slap some paint up there and it's uh, amazing it looks cool to me though
4: but uh you know i guess it's you it's art that's it
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's what you think about it right Well, I hate to say this, Kyle, but we are down to one minute. We only have a a time for another question. So I wanted to see uh, what is your biggest accomplishment so far?
4: I'm going to go with building the Museum of Museums that's about to open in First Hill in Seattle. Uh, It's kind of a long story. So if I just squeeze it down, I was on an airplane and I was really frustrated with my lack of progress and I uh, set my mind to like, I'm going to figure this out right now. I'm really smart and really motivated. I can do this. And I dreamt up this museum in my head and had no way of making it happen. No way of making it like financing it, anything. Two weeks later, I ran into the guy that was already building the exact thing that I had imagined in my head. And I just helped him for two years to physically brick by brick build that place. That
1: That is amazing And, and what a passion feeling to drive you moving forward and to continue inspiring other artists where the magic sauces really add. And it's the things that you've brought into studio and talked about. It's actually going to make me tear up for a second here, Kyle. Oh,
4: it was um, a really powerful conversation. You
1: know, it a powerful conversation and everything that you say is so true. And that's what people need in their life is they need passion. Um, they need a dream. They need a vision because that's what's going to drive the drive behind it to do the work. It's when you're lacking passion, vision, dream confidence, that's when the drive's not there. Because if the passion's there, the drive's going to be there. So um, beautiful segment, Uh, Kyle. Thank you so much for coming into studio. And Jennifer, thank you again uh, for being on this show. Um, Great to have in uh, the best of the best in the real estate space. So thank you, both of you.
4: You're welcome. Thank you.
1: And this is Tina Mitchell, your host.
2: And Keelan Harvey, your co host
1: Uh, We are signing off today. However, we will be back same time next week to talk a little bit more about money on 1150 AM KKNW.
0: Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420 and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075 are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.